And one of the first questions that gets asked is, oh, okay, so are you an employee or are you a contractor? As soon as you say you're an employee, that's that instantly they just brighten up. They brighten up. And it, it's almost, and it, is it right? No, hell no. Employee, contractor, you're bringing, it's the same person. But as soon as they know you're an employee, they're like, okay, I'm going to listen to this person. Welcome to the Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. Thriving in corporate security as an executive protection specialist. This week, we are delighted to be speaking with Marcus Stevens Offner, coming as himself as an EP expert from the circuit, now working in corporate security. I'm here with John Moss. This seems like a career path that many of our listeners might consider taking. What do you think we can get out of today's session? Yeah, totally. So I think, you know, there's not so many of us maybe come into the industry or on the circuit already with aspirations of working in the corporate sector. Uh, but I'm sure at one point or another in most people's career, it's something they're going to consider, you know, either as, you know, they age or perhaps they get more experience. And it just, we don't have a, a natural kind of ladder of progression in the industry. But I suppose if we do think of it as any sort of progression, it would be, this would be, one of those uh, avenues of direction that you could go in. So yeah, I think it's something that we're all considering. And today's interview is going to be fascinating to hear Marcus's experience and you know how that transition went for him. Because you know you're right. It, it, as people uh, you know advance in their uh, career or get in you know older, um, they might gravitate towards safety. And a corporate job with benefits and, you know, lateral movement, that might be appealing for some people. Although, absolutely, a lot of our listeners are on the circuit. That's the circuit magazine. So so, so maybe it's not for everyone. But for those who want to transition, I, I imagine that there will be some cultural differences. I, I know in previous uh, episodes, we've had uh, Carlos Francisco, the corporate security translator. And, and I remember way back, we had Kate Bright talking about transitioning from being a PA to being EP. So transitioning is nothing unusual for our community. But what do you think specifically uh, our listeners will find challenging moving from the corporate, uh, from the circuit to the corporate sector? Well, you know, you said that uh, transitioning is nothing unusual, maybe not on this podcast, but I still think to the individual listener who is working on the circuit, it, it probably is. Now, depending on your background. I mean, if you come from uh, law enforcement or the military, then you you wouldn't necessarily consider coming onto the circuit as a huge transition, uh, other than the disruption it causes when you leave an institution like that. Uh, there's a lot of upheaval, but the transition into or onto the circuit is relatively straightforward, and especially if you've got contacts and you know people. Uh, within the industry it's also it, it it's a lot more forgiving than corporate security i i you know we all want no nobody wants to hire a bodyguard who's learning on the job 
in, on one hand, but of course, we're all learning every day, so we accept that we can make mistakes, you know, and I know I'm the person who I am more so because of my mistakes and what I learned from that than I am from the successes that I get, you know, the, the wins that I get day to day. However, you know, when you move on to in, in, into the corporate realm, it, it's perhaps less forgiving. And so you want to go in there as armed and as well prepared as you possibly can. You know, so that's going to mean courses. It potentially could mean mentorship. It's certainly going, it's going to help if you've got a good established network of people who are in, uh, who are already occupying those seats and perhaps have made the, a similar transition and who can help you along the way. So again, going, going back to our interview today, it's going to be fascinating to hear what Marcus's experience was, where he found a challenge and the struggles that he's had and what he's learned from that. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready for this and I'm really looking forward to hearing it. Wonderful. Well, let's get into it with Marcus. He's a great friend of the magazine and uh, the industry. Uh, this is Marcus Stevens Offner and excelling uh, as an EP professional within the corporate security space. And now let's meet one of the contributors to the Circuit magazine. Advantages of having an EP background in a corporate security role. Today, we are delighted to be welcomed by Marcus Stevens Offner, corporate security specialist with an EP background. Marcus, it's great to have you on. How are you doing? Very well. Thanks, uh, Penny. Uh, I'll apologize in case I start spluttering. I've got a bit of a head cold, but we'll, we'll work through and I'll try not to die with you. Made of sturdy stuff, already off to a flying start as to why EP really fits into corporate security. That's that's great news. So I've got my three quick fire questions. Um, we're talking about you know why an EP skill set should be cherished in corporate security, or why corporate security um, you know de desperately needs it, or I'm I'm just implying it desperately needs it. But what do you think is the problem that such a skill set solves within the corporate security universe? Um, I mean, if, if you come into from an EP background, you're, you bring that skill set of the skill set everyone should have of great interpersonal skills, because you'll be dealing with a lot of people and you'll be dealing with a lot of very important people, depending on who you work for. I mean, if you're working for a Fortune 500 or Fortune 100 company, you'll be dealing with some, um, some personalities at C-suite exec level that will only have limited time. So the skills you bring from the circuit and dealing with all the myriads, and I can honestly say that, I mean, I was on the circuit for literally just about 20 years, and I probably worked for most of the different disciplines from corporate to celebrity to um, hostile, et cetera, et cetera. So you could bring all those into the corporate sphere um, where, where it's actually on the commercial side where it's quite sparse within that environment i like that and that, and that ability to deal with uh, a principle in a very very succinct manner without being afraid of informing them of x y and z i think i think that's really key um 
Now, you, you just elaborated, uh, alluded to your background, but where does your passion for this come from? Because not all EP specialists take the jump to corporate security. Um, so, I mean, EP wise, I mean, I was a, a 90s soldier um, and, and highly stereotypical, leaving, leaving the mob um, after a while and then stereotypically going into security. So security management, but clearly wanted to go into the specialist side and who doesn't um, and just building from there and it, it is a case of working for a, numerous companies big companies small companies and as people either new to a circuit or experienced on a circuit will know that every job brings its own lessons for every job brings its own experiences and and it builds on and it's something i'll touch especially from the corporate side on your reputation so Everyone's got a brand and reputation and you need to defend that brand and reputation. You're only as good as your last job and you thrive on the network. So, and you get, you get passionate. You know, there, there are some people that just want to get into a, like a steady role and just stay with RST or whatever. But if, if you want to get out there, you should sample as much as you're able to and as much as you're allowed to uh, with a view to bettering yourself, really. I love that. And, 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 and you certainly have um, progressed, uh, you know, especially with what you're doing now. But um, what then should the uninitiated EP specialist better understand? And, and by that, I'm thinking the EP specialist who hasn't even considered jumping into the world of corporate security. Okay, well, firstly, what, you know, what are the benefits of corporate security? If you're doing the journeyman um, piece, on the circuit you're you're going from contract to contract and i think most people as they grow older and progress what they want to do is get into a nice steady long-term number that we can be contracted and i've had a few of them i've been lucky to have a few of them um the only trouble of course being it can be a bit of a conveyor belt and it's happened to me all of a sudden for a number for a number of reasons i can remember being with the u.s client and he was persuaded by someone that came in that took a dislike to me that um, we, we should thin thin you out so over a course of about a month all of a sudden that was it you're gone so once you're in the employee piece once you're once you're within that sphere it protects you um you're you're effectively you're an employee but I think what's really important for people that are coming from EP or CP background are trying to get into corporate, you can do your, um, you know, you can do, uh, people do uh, SRNC. I did the uh, Certified Security Consultants course, Bucks New Uni, and it touches on the corporate environment. But like anything, it's not until you actually get in through the door, when you're allowed through the door, you realise how different it is. And what i what i found is that ep on the circuit is very very different to ep within the corporate environment and when you're seeing it from the outside or when you're seeing it from the outside you have a set view when you're seeing it from the inside it's completely different and it might not be to your liking and your satisfaction and how you know, oh we should be doing it this way but that's, that 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 is interesting cuz cuz normally when we when we talk about this um dichotomy do you, do you want to go family office and in which case it's unpredictable cult of the personality um you know lots and lots of um unknown unknowns right and then people yeah. go oh corporate wouldn't that be nice because as you said it's it's, it's stable and this and this and and, and i suppose at, at a certain level an ep colleague out there is thinking 
what, what shall I do? Where, where shall I go? What is progress, right? Um, I'm not sure they're conditioned in the same way, you know, career corporate people might be conditioned in that, right, next year I want to be level 5.7, you know? Um, so, so, so I don't know if people on the circuit are innately worried about, oh no, I'm a 5.6 and I want to be a 5.8, you know, I don't think that's that's a massive concern. But 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 then but then, do you think that the corporate world could be too predictable for them? I don't know what 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 should go through their mind before making that decision. Um, well, traditionally, and it's certainly this way in the UK, and I suspect it's it's certainly in, in the United States, is that the corporate security and the corporate EP world generally tends to come from law enforcement. And there are some good points and there are some bad points about that. The, the, the good points are, is that, you know, if you come from the FBI or if you come from uh, the police, uh, let's, let's use Metropolitan Police within there, you will make the right connections. And it's probably no surprise to the listeners that your, your key strength within the circuit, whilst on the circuit, is networking, having decent connections, and then moving from strength to strength. And that is entirely the same in many many ways within the corporate security and the ep environment and, and breaking through that door um, because they don't actually get advertised that much so breaking in can be a challenge and it, it was a challenge to me for i mean we're, we're, there were a number of reasons i'll touch on uh, shortly um, but essentially it took me about two years to get through the door before someone was willing to give me a chance because i don't have that leo background military i come from the circuit and parts of that life were seen potentially as a bit of a negative um but we can touch on that soon well that no but that that is interesting and and yeah we must face up to possible negatives with all of this um we've got to we've got to be you know truthful to our audience we have to help them along this uh, this journey if they if they so choose and, and, and one example, I won't really go into complete details, but at the CP Tech Forum back in January, it was apparent on one panel, some of the outlooks of the EP specialists who worked for family offices who wanted to acquiesce to all sorts of interesting uh, whims and uh, desires and, you know, short term assignments, you know, jump on a plane for six months for no particular reason, you know, just just quick, 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 and also very reactive to uh, the, the will of a few individuals. Um, it was interesting to pit that against some of the more corporate players who said, oh, but but how could how could they go on such a, a journey with such uh, little notice? And, and 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 I did see that jarring. Um, do, do, you, do you think that's more widespread? Um, I, I realize I'm skirting over some details of that interaction, but do, do you think that's more more widespread? Uh, that, that, not, not really, because that's the diff that's a key difference in the corporate, because they didn't get your CSI, but you call it social responsibilities responsibilities to stake responsibilities as shareholders whereas if you're with one client he may be a high net worth ultra high net or whoever they can literally just drop everything right we're off to tahiti or whatever and that's it you're gone and you're gone for however long whereas that you have a duty of care to all employees um where i mean one, one of the things within the corporate um corporate environment is the amount of people that can travel on a jet together so if you look on a circuit and you get the principal and he wants to bring all his friends along or all, all the members of and it's, it's a non-public company which is a privately owned company so no shares as such 
and no social responsibility, they can all jump on board the plane. If something happens, if there's a significant incident, if that plane comes down, then what's the impact on you know, what's the impact on the business? The business could be wiped out. Whereas it's part of your duty of care is to put control measures in place to stop that from happening, or at least challenge for a business case to say, right, okay, well, what else can we do and separate it? That doesn't always go down well, but it is part of the package. Whereas if you're on the circuit, they could just go willy nilly off, off they go, and you're just effectively along for the ride. Um, hopefully you'll be able to get advances in and send an advance party and all the rest of it. But it's it, it, you've got to jump through quite a few more hoops within corporate within there. And it's all part of that CSR. But, but then that sounds good news for people who have developed really good negotiating skills with quite influential people in that if you do have a really ultra high net worth individual that you're looking after, and you've somehow developed the rapport, trust, and ability to say, please, can you travel separately from the chief finance officer? And they 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 they, they have buy-in and they believe you and 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 that works out. I think that would go down really well in a in a structure where that's already expected. Is 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 that a bonus people can hope to translate across? Can it comes it has to come down to policy. What what is the exec security securities policy um if there is one uh, to go from there i mean the, the one thing that broaches both ends within ep commercially and ep within corporate and that is the gatekeepers the key holders to the kingdom remain the executive assistants the pas massively and what stands for your time on the circuit if you're with a principal stands exactly the same for in the corporate environment if you are the EP manager or you're involved in the exec protection, if you don't get on and you don't have a very good working relationship with the executive assistant, you've got a hell of a mountain to climb and it, and it could defeat you because you have to work together. That actually came up a couple of years ago on the podcast with Kate Bright, who's transitioned from PA to EP, which is quite an unusual transition. And one of the things that was posited was making sure that neither party feels that either party is trying to steal any of their jobs. Um, so, so, so make sure that both of them feel confident. Uh, have, have you got any other advice to, to smooth over that process, particularly as people encounter a corporate world PA? Corporate world, I think working together. Um, and the, the beauty of this is, is that the CEO or whoever your charge is within the corporate environment, generally don't tend to deal with you day to day do deal with the pa day to day so that that is your conduit that that's your that's your track in to get the inside line to get right what 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 are they thinking of going next to try and get ahead of it and then you can feed that back into the system depending how big the corporate security team is then you can work a number of angles get getting ahead with that information is absolutely key otherwise you're just scrambling around you know dealing with fastball after fastball so that stands within the circuit as well um i've worked for i mean i've worked with some absolutely fantastic pas and as anyone that's listening in if you've got a really good working relationship with the exec assistant it smooths the wheels it, it literally it just pours grease in the wheels and everything goes that much more smoother because then they're, they're looking out for you as well 
because then a bit of information are coming because as we know ultra high networks or, or whoever you get changes all the time but if in the back of their mind they're thinking oh okay that's what security needs to know it's not blindsiding you it's not ambushing you and all of a sudden then you've got to scramble around trying to react to that you can be proactive and it helps everyone helps the pa helps you do you think then that that's something that EP has to learn going into corporate security, that sort of emotional bank account, that that um, reciprocity in a corporate structure, which in some in some ways is quite hermetic, right? And people are, people have different motivators inside a corporation. Do you, do you think that's something that EP will be surprised they have to learn about? Or is it something EP brings with them? You should bring it with you. Be a people person. Don't be... A stereotypical security, you know, I hate to use the word security goon. There's plenty of them out there. Unapproachable, I'm a tough person, all the rest of it. You're not going to get anything done. Whereas be a people person. So people will come to you for advice. Be the go-to person with that, uh, within that organization. Because what you also find is that EP, you, you may have a number of hats. And I do have a number of hats with, within. Uh, and you can end up. But a good thing about it is you can tailor it and you can work it from a security standpoint. On the circuit, executive facilitation and you know, all day long, which is, and, and the, the corporate word, I, hate to, I mean, I, I really don't like my corporate buzzwords, but there are some that I do enjoy. And adding value, the fact that you can add value. And I've had this a few times during my time on a circuit where either halfway through a job, or at the end of a job, there's this epiphany from the client or the client's team. And they suddenly realize this happened in the 2012 Olympics to us where we actually had, I wouldn't say hostile, but we had indifferent clients within the uh, the group that I was the program manager for. And I had a very talented team, a good mixed bag. And at the end of it, those clients basically literally said, we could not have done this without you. So that's where you want to get. Be a people person, be approachable, but also be able to tailor that information. And that's where law enforcement come into it because they're kind of already in that sort of corporate environment. Military guys and girls, we, we, we have a bit of a struggle on that one, depending what your role was. Um, again, stereotypical, come from the infantry, so we're, we're right up against it uh, for there. So you've really got to take, tailor your interpersonal diplomacy skills. Same, same rules apply, ability to communicate at all levels, communicate with someone so-called down the bottom, all the way up to the top and everything in between, but be a people. So be approachable don't be a brick wall because people won't talk to you if you if you're not getting spoken to being kept in the dark that's not where you want to be yeah that being kept in the dark um you know is is, is absolutely a, a road to nowhere but all right let's then think what is it that someone that spent their time only on the circuit is going to have to develop and um, Please don't say communication skills. But <laughs> what is it in a corporate environment? They're gonna have to wrench the sort of the smell of private security out of them. Like, what what is it that will make them smell corporate? You have to dig hard to dispel the myths and rumors about private security. What you need to think about it's like going into um, a family or an organization that already have a preset idea or experience about private security. And you know, as we all know, there are some individuals and companies out there 
and they 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 deliver a service that is less than desirable um but you need to be able to work on areas such as your integrity and integrity is an enormous area same as on a circuit same within corporate security you're there as the sme for security so you shouldn't be coming in with any sort of any 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 bad vibes because people will people will check and you also and it goes back I mean, we, we, this has been discussed many times in the podcast but it's essentially social media i mean i'm not on social media um but if you do when you're going through uh, the people team or human resources or which whatever that whatever moniker they're on if they're worth the salt they're going to go digging they're going to go digging into there and if you come across as someone that is going to not be well received within the corporate environment which is completely different that may mean the difference between getting the nudge or getting getting the nod and someone else getting it so you need to be very very careful of that and what's not going to go down well because we, we we have kind of advocated for the gray professional to find something to say about themselves online so they can actually be found but but obviously, you know, the, the usual posing with firearms is probably not going to go down well. But, you know, what, what, what would hurt them? What would hurt them is something too aggressive. Um, mm. I mean, one of the things I was viewed as a... So I'm certainly not alone. There's tens of thousands of uh, our friends from across the pond. Hostile, uh, hostile environments. Now, I spent about eight years... Uh, across the sand a little bit time at sea um it was seen as a huge negative because a they thought right you're going to be bored what do you want this job for um you can't hide it you, you cannot physically hide it depending on what you do so you've really got to tailor your cv and tailor your approach to the positives which is working being able to work and advise in austere or developing environments because if it's a global company they will be doing business there and advising on that cultural awareness massive one absolutely huge 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 one so if you can spend you know if you spent time with local nationals and getting to know those cultures you can really you can really work that as a positive whereas if all they see is guns gates and gurkhas or what have you or you cutting around you know um i hate to take them but you know the black horse effect um that will be seen as a negative depending who the business is but businesses will have to defend you know let's look at assets you know, you know ppmir and the first the beginning one and the end one are important people and the last one reputation if you're employing someone and it comes out in the wash that they've you know they've been in the news for something that they probably shouldn't have been doing that can harm the brand and reputation of the company so you just need to be careful but you need to spin the positives across from there but certainly integrity and, and certainly a willingness to learn because you go in like i said you go into an environment with a preset idea but you have to learn the company you have to learn the culture so once you're allowed through the door you then need to basically get your head around it it's probably not going to be as good or as much provided to you as you were expecting, or you think, oh no, it should, it should, you know, it should be more like this. If it isn't like that, what are you going to do? Well, you've got a couple of choices. 
you can spit your dummy and you can walk out the door in a, in a hissy fit, basically saying, oh, you know, it's not being done properly this round. Or you can be that person on the inside that can help nudge along a culture and nurture that culture to be more accepting. And it can, that can take some time. Like I said, a lot of people have got a pre-set idea about corporate security or security in general, because they see security as, I mean, if you're talking to corporate, it might be someone, oh, it's just the, the, the people checking passes on the door. And, and there, you know, there, there is a negative view, unfortunately, amongst people towards security. There just is. Sometimes security doesn't help itself, but it's, it's all about that adding value. But that takes time. So you need to give time to learn the culture of the company and just win, win people along. As I said, be a people person, cult of personality, as you said. Be that person that is, oh, yeah, this, that, but as they say, pick your battles wisely because there's a lot of, there's a lot of pratfalls and a lot of tripwires within corporate. And if you say the wrong thing, especially now, especially now, you say the wrong thing, could bite you when it gets escalated so you need to pick your battles wisely and so that's i suppose if you've been successful or fortunate enough to get in but on 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 the route there i'd be interested in your practical thoughts on some of the ways that they can present themselves on paper and and, and specifically i'm thinking of the ep professional who does not tailor their CV, which never is a good idea, right? You need to always tailor it. And they put like a million and one mass online courses. Now, it's fine, online, not online. Of course, I'm a massive advocate for everything. But but I'm thinking, is there some way that they should start to reorganize their CV? Because if they, if they put in there um, kidnap and ransom training, um, hostile reconnaissance, covert protection, bum, 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 like, how, how can they make themselves look better for corporates on paper? Uh, yeah, we, we've all been there and um, I've read up on it. And it's, it's now, in, obviously, I'm, I'm within corporate, so it's, it's a lot better to, to, to tailor up your CV with that corporate mode. But if you're trying to get through, the best advice that I give you, pay someone to do it. Pay a professional CV writer who knows what they're doing. Because... There's a lot about, you know, there's a lot of hard truths about uh, recruitment to um, the corporate sphere is that by law, they've got to recruit it to the outside and they may well have pre-identified someone, but by law, they go out there. Um, you may engage with a recruitment consultant or a recruiting firm. Um, my personal view on them, there's good and bad. There are some very, very good ones, but the bad ones will pardon my French, blow smoke up your ass and they'll get to nowhere and you will spend a lot of, you will waste a lot of time going in and out. A lot of them are based in London. So you, uh, you will go to them and you'll never hear from them again. It's, it's almost like, well, do you not place people? How does this work? So again, having that network, having a broad enough network. So, and, and that, that's, that's how it works. It's, it's worked for pretty much every job I've ever gone into. Um, but broaden your horizons. I mean, one of the things that got me in was uh, a good friend of mine that is based out in the States that uh, has gone into resilience and rice and does a lot of um, crisis exercises, which is worth its weight in gold. Um, he, he invited me to speak, to write on his, not so much his podcast, but on his blogs. And it was about the realities of security and the realities of, of, 
of traveling away. And I stuck that on my CV and that was passed around and someone looked at it and went, okay, this guy sounds quite interesting because the, the, the golden rule applies. A CV will only get you to interview stage. That's all they can do. Same as a recruiter. They'll, they'll get you in front of the, that panel, in front of that interview, and then it's down to you. But, but ways, well, if, if you do this stuff, then... What about that paper, though? Because, you know, what, 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 I guess I'm, I'm trying to draw out something where the listener can say, do you know what? I have far too much of this on my CV and far too little of that. Because, of course, uh, someone that you pay can, can make it really beautiful and, and, and really attractive, loads of nice benefits. But, like, should you put lots of previous military experience? Uh, should you put lots of private contractor experience? Should you avoid certain courses that you've been on um you, you know like I've, I've got i'm proficient in a 50 cal blah 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 you know that, that's not you know what i mean yeah no no that, no definitely i mean if you're late if you just leave in the military that's all you got that's all you got but you need to concentrate on you know what's going to add value in the civilian world what's going to add value in the corporate world being qualified to do gym psf or doing an anti-tank course or as you say you know being able to strip and assemble a 50 cal probably limited yeah okay hostile but hostile is is immeasurably changed now we'll never go back to what it was before that's what happens so um it and i was fortunate enough funnily enough while i was still in, in iraq to um we had our QAQC guy with, with, with the firm and he was uh, an ex-commanding officer on the infantry regiment and he was absolutely fantastic. And I, I learned a lot from him. And as he said, you're, you are not whatever your rank was. Uh, that's not you. You are now Mr. And everything to offer. So the military stuff, you can tailor stuff from there and as it is a positive, but the hard, you know, the, the hardline infantry stuff, all the rest of it, not really it's not it's not really relevant it is not relevant it's about right corporates will look at you and they will look okay is this person going to fit into the team you need to be a cultural fit and i don't know many corporates that want the underwater knife fighting assassin they just they just don't want them mm. so, so sorry underwater knife fighters it, it's it it's a different mindset it's a different skill set are they a good cultural fit not within there but within the team as well um, my second interview was with uh, the main director of security uh, and i went there and i was i fully expected you know to be completely grilled and i was in the cafe having a cup of tea and he asked me a few questions and then after 15 minutes he offered me and that was it whereas you go other ones and you go through a very very formal multi-layer process that that can be absolutely brutal i mean i I bombed on some of my interviews because they they hammered me down with certain legislation i just wasn't aware of it but like i said there are professional cv writers out there because they'll know because uh, a lot of hr teams i don't really need to i don't want to denigrate them but a lot of them don't have certainly when it comes to security they don't know what they're looking for so they will use ai so unless you've got those buzzwords and what those buzzwords are is very much down to the company and what the company's led unless there's buzzer it it does it gets sifted out so they'll feed it into a system if the buzzwords are there yeah it passes to the next one if they're not it's next you're off 
And that's just the way it is. Is it right? No. Does it happen? Yeah, all day long. So if you have someone within that company, if you have someone within the business to get to know, that might make all that difference to him pushing you along to go, oh, how about this person? Have a look at that. that, that again, the network. That network will, it will help you immeasurably. It, helps, it should help you within the circuit and it does help you there because then you are the go-to person. I'm, I maintain the network. There's now a corporate network to go alongside it. And it's good to know and to have that humility. No, I don't know, but I know someone that knows and reach into that network uh, and people that will help you out. I like that. That's a, that's a, that's a positive note. So let's let's then sort of end on on a, on a quite a positive note. Why should people get excited about uh, moving into the world of corporate security if they are currently on the circuit? Because you're getting off the merry-go-round. Um, it will come under no... I mean, I left the circuit in 2017 and I stay... I, I maintain very close links. I mean, I've still got all my accreditation. I've still got my licenses. I, I keep that current because that's my, if all of a sudden they turn around and um, decide they don't need me anymore, that's, you know, while I'm trying to find another corporate job, that's that's my that's my go-to place. I can just go jump straight back on the circuit. Everyone's got bills to pay. It's come under no surprise. And as you, we've seen on, you know, when you've hosted many events, how um, unpleasant the environment has become. And that was very apparent to me when I was doing when I was on the circuit. Like it was very political. Um, and the bottom line is, there's only so many jobs. It's top heavy with people, and people are scrabbling over each other to get on there. Although I'm told that there is a uh, there's a shortage of quality people. I'm not too sure about that. Still, especially in, in the states. Especially in the states. Yeah. So, and it is. It is that you know that those those skills you can bring into there, but again, not being not being a politician, but then fitting into an employee environment. You're you're an employee, so with that you will get pension, you will get um, benefits, you certainly get looks after. I mean, I've been to I've been to many companies, many countries with the business, and there's been a couple of them where you can see an attitude change. So you're there to go and meet someone and do some um, basically do some surveys or do some appraisals and one of the first questions he gets asked is oh okay so are you an employee or are you a contractor as soon as you say you're an employee that's that instantly they just brighten up they brighten up and it's almost and it, is it right no hell no it you know employee contractor you're bringing it's the same person but as soon as they know you're an employee, like, okay i'm going to listen to this person you know like, well, why wouldn't you listen to him if i was a contractor those are the things you have to deal with but it does protect you and the other good thing is once you've gone back if there is a um a period of testing once you're in there then redundancy packages um you're a certain amount of leave and and it's some people some of you people used to call it the self-unemployed because you when you're in between jobs you literally so if you if you're not working you're not earning whereas you're on the payroll you know you, you probably have less leave than you were um depending on the business you go into uh the packages can be quite good um and when, when you're flying around you generally tend to get looked after um so yeah that, that, that does have it, it does bring but it, it, stability is probably the main one long-term stability to be in there 
and being able to bring all the experience you've got from the military, the police, or specifically on the circuit. And the good thing about it on the circuit is that quite a few people within corporate security, they either leave the military or they leave law enforcement and they go straight into corporate security. So corporate security is a commercial environment. So what commercial experience do they bring? Well, zero, nothing. They haven't even had one day of it. So if you come in and you have that view and that experience and you can bring that experience of, yeah, in theory that works. So when you do your course, yeah. You know, the manual says you do it this way, but what does real life say? And be able to bring that proper life life experience that you've, ex you've physically experienced and learn from your mistakes. We all make mistakes and bring that in. And that, that does really add value because otherwise people have a preconceived idea and they can waste a lot of money chasing after some of the big beasts um, that are out there. No names, no petrol, but they will be able to get a much more cost-effective and just as beneficial, just, just as professional a service, bringing in some of the smaller, more agile and more niche providers who are quite passionate. You're not just a number. You're not just, you know, you don't just get thrown a temple. No, that, that has value. And, um, and a lot of corporate security people, you know, if there's any of the big beasts and other these companies that are all touting for business, a word to the wise, we all speak to each other. So, um, that happens a lot where people where it happens an awful, awful lot where it's like, has anyone heard of X company and this, that, and the other? So again, it's that reputation piece and that network. And if no one's got anything to lose, so if someone from the network says, oh, no, I wouldn't use them because of X, Y, and Z, that can, that, that can put you out of a job. Great, uh, great sentiment and great reason to, you know, consider the world of corporate security. Now, if you're in private family office work and you love it, that's that's fine. Maybe you're on a journey. Maybe you're on a different part of the circuit. Maybe you are just leaving the forces or the services. But either way, it is wonderful to get this insight into the world of corporate security with the perspective of someone with an EP background. So, Marcus, this has been great to have you on um i think it really complements a number of the other episodes um i'm thinking carlos francisco and the corporate security translator i mentioned kate bright uh, with her transition from ea to p uh, uh, pa to ep um loads of acronyms and uh and, and a number of other segments so uh, so yeah marcus thanks for coming on and this has been another fantastic edition of the circuit magazine podcast thank you very much Well, thank you, Marcus. It was great to have you on. Great testimony. And you know what? I think it shines a light on a career path that maybe some of our listeners want to embark on now, in the future, haven't considered, or don't really know where to start. Um, uh, John, do, do, do you see a, a trend uh, coming out of the circuit, or, or, or is this still a very niche interest? No, well, you know, first of all, I knew that this was going to be a really good interview with Marcus today. And I was all ears. Um, in, I, I think that's reflective of being firmly on the circuit uh, with half an eye on perhaps this is a, you know, a future prospect for myself. And, you know, so today's subject, it, it's not directly relevant, you know, to us on the circuit, but it's of great interest. And I think that was, you know, what, what's really important. It's like, okay, 
if this is an area that we're looking into, then, you know, we can learn so much from the experiences of somebody who's already been there and done it. And, you know, and so much came out of this today that, you know, it's fascinating. Yeah. And there's always going to be, I don't know, internal politics in a corporation. And, you know, he mentions the background of some people in some corporations. Some are predominantly from the military. Some are predominantly from the uh, police in, in the security world. So there's that to navigate to. But but I think tangible tips about CV writing, about uh, presenting yourself and, and, and also setting up the skill set so that they can understand, too why ep is an excellent uh, addition to their to their company isn't it yeah absolutely i mean and you know i i think it's always great if somebody can see things from your point of view if you're able to convey a message and show people that your you know your value and why the skills that you're bringing to the table can be of value to to them and you know the wider company but you know there's there's a point there's only a point a certain point where you can force that. And then from then on, you need to say, okay, well, forget about everybody else. What is all that? What does all that skill and experience and qualification? What what does all that mean to me? And if nothing else, you know, that's confidence building, you know, what, how these skills translate into the corporate world. And maybe what you have to do is just step up and go, okay, I've got the confidence now that I know I can come to this table and provide something that nobody else can because nobody's got the same background set of skills and experience that I have. And I'm going to show them, you know, firsthand the value that I can provide from that. Yeah, that's silent confidence. I think, yeah, that's that's absolutely going to carry you uh, quite quite a long way, especially in a corporate environment as well. Um, so good. Well, I, I really enjoy this, and I think it's a practical addition to our canon of Circuit Magazine podcast work, um, and, and it complements Carlos Francisco's session, uh, Kate Bright's session, uh, and, and a number of others. So, 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 so I think, I think uh, you know, see it in the context we're setting it, um, uh, dear listener. <laughs> um, what, 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 what have we got coming up? Um, uh, a bit, actually, one, one thing I want to, to flag coming up uh, the, 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 that I'm going to be very much involved in, uh, we have a Circuit Magazine meetup on the 27th of September alongside the International Security Expo in London. Uh, we're going to be at the Keeper Book Green from 4 p.m. Uh, this is where we were last year, and we're very much looking forward to seeing you uh, there. Um, either you're already at the International Security Expo and you want to stop by, or you want to stop by specifically to network with your EP uh, colleagues. Um, uh, we'll, but yeah. we're doing something very different this year, Pelham. Do you, do you know what that is? Uh, I don't know. Can can I, I can I guess? Yeah, you're welcome to guess. <laughs> um, we 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 we're we're meeting up in a bigger number. Uh, well, hopefully, hopefully that will be a result of the thing that we're doing differently. And to not draw this out for the listeners any more than is necessary, the one big thing that we're doing differently is we're telling people about it ahead of the uh... event. Rather than almost on the day of it, like last time, which was very spontaneous, it was very last moment, we still had a fantastic turnout, but now we're telling people what, like three weeks in advance, so no excuse, if you want to come along, if you were one of the 
people who complained to us last year and you were very entitled to do so <laughs> then you know there's there's nothing to complain about this year we've gone for the same venue same more or less the same time i think we're starting at four is that right did you say that's right four o'clock i'll be there and and you know I'll, I'll be there and then there are some people who have a hard stop here and there whatever but we'll be there keep it brook green and uh it, it's uh, it's great especially if you're in town for the isc at olympia anyway yeah yeah it's it's a great event and it was fantastic to see everybody last year as well and i think we even managed to uh pull in a few new uh a few new people into the community who just been pulled along by uh peers and colleagues so that was good as well yeah i think i think that was that was a nice feature actually there's people who'd recently returned to the uk as well that was that was nice to see because um they're always looking to make new friends and uh you know job opportunities as well um but apart from that what have we got going on well issue 63 uh since the last podcast uh, we put out has hit the shelves it's a fantastic issue already got tons of great feedback on this one i mean you know obviously i'm involved in putting out every issue but this one for me this is this is one of my favorites i have to say i really enjoyed this one uh, you know we always have a main theme which you know becomes the cover and on this issue it's we're talking about whether artificial intelligence can impersonate humans and in different contexts whether that's audible whether that's now in the in the video format um in in several other different ways and this article this main you know feature is supported by james bohr's article as part of his uh, cybersecurity fundamentals column that he writes for us each issue. And it's really fascinating. And James has like stuffed loads of great examples into the article. There's a twist at the end, uh, which I'll let, you know, readers find out on their own. But also, you know, something that James didn't even realize we were going to do, but there's another twist. And it's the first time I'm telling anybody this, but the cover itself was actually designed by artificial intelligence. So, oh, yeah. So not even you knew that, right? No. How did, how did, how did you do it? Oh, well, I, so, okay. So listeners might be aware if they're interested in this kind of space, there's some technologies coming out at the moment. Uh, Dali is one Mm. spelled D A double L hyphen E. And then there's something else called um, mid journey. And so this was, we use mid journey for this one and it's basically text prompt to image. So imagine if you're contracting a designer, a human designer, and you tell them you want a logo and this is how you want them to look, orientation, aspect ratio, and all this sort of stuff, the feel, the theme, if you want it in the style or something, what colors you want to use, you're you're describing that and then that person goes away and designs it. Well, AI is doing exactly the same thing. So it's all about how specific your text prompts are and what you tell it you conjure up an image and then it goes away and creates it based on what you've told it. And, you know, so there you go. So issue 63, next time you look at it, uh, you might look at it slightly differently now, knowing that uh, not only the cover, but certain other aspects of the issue have been created by artificial intelligence. Wow, I really didn't know that. It's going to it's gonna be absolutely something I'm going to rush to now to have a look at. Um... Uh, I didn't. I didn't know it was that advanced. Ah. Yeah. But but certainly a powerful tool if you're on the circuit and you're in need of artificial design help. Yeah, that's 
that's well it's it's really awesome that you said that actually Pollen, because you know most people in the security world look at artificial intelligence and how it you know especially as it relates to impersonating humans and only sees it as the threat aspect and you know it the threat to you to your family to your principles and how are you going to defend against it especially if your principal is a prominent person who has uh, you know a media output for instance and james you know examples uh you know the the, the current russia um ukraine conflict in there and how artificial intelligence is being used you know to propagate certain messages that may be false and but but that's a really interesting angle and it, it can also be a powerful tool to harness as well as we've displayed on a you know a milder you know note with the cover well I am certainly intrigued. I want to have a play around myself now. And uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be having a look. I will be having a look. Dali, and what was the one that we used? Mid-Journey. Mid-Journey. Good. Well, uh, maybe uh, bring along some uh, AI-designed artwork to our meetup this uh, September 27th. Probably not the right uh, context, but I'm happy to be astounded by whatever you've come up with. Um, yeah, but also happy to just have a good chat and uh, connect you with the uh, BBA uh, and circuit community. Good, right. Well, let's let's focus on that. Let's get people looking and reading uh, the latest magazine uh, issue, and let's get the twenty seventh of September afternoon in their diary for a meetup. Uh, thank you very much to Marcus. Hopefully, we'll see Marcus there as well. Actually, that's a, that's a good point. Um, it's been a fantastic look at why EP can very much excel in corporate security, why it could be a great career path for you, and why you know it presents lots of different uh, advantages for the community. So, from John and myself, I've really enjoyed this. This has been another fantastic edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.